The first two weeks of any new initiative or endeavor are always the hardest. The first two weeks of something we come to grips with how poorly in condition we were for that thing or how out of sorts we were. We come to grips with the fact that we have a long way to go. We're excited, we've had some effort, but we also know in those first two weeks we're also prone to to relapsing, to falling back into old habits and behaviors. So the first two weeks of Lent are difficult. They're a challenge. We're reminded of those muscles of prayer that have been allowed to kind of be left alone, atrophied a little bit. We recognize that we cling to the things of this world and don't give to the poor and to the church in the way that we should through almsgiving. We also recognize, you know, as we hear, in, and I was duly chastened when I heard this, when I first read this, from St. Paul's, their God is their stomachs. Gosh, sometimes the, the Lord just hits you square right well in the gut with this one. <laughs> um, but it's amazing, though, how we come to grips with this so quickly in Lent. And in these moments, it can be frustrating, it can be difficult. We can think, well, gosh, how am I ever going to get through this? How am I ever going to improve? We can see it, we know it, we desire it, but the struggle is real. And in those moments, we can often be overcome by doubt, by frustration. There's this wonderful um, line in um, the first reading. Abram, uh, so as the sun was about to set, a trance fell upon Abram, and a deep, terrifying darkness enveloped him. And in some way, shape, or form, maybe we're not going through that now. Maybe we are. I mean, look at the world around us. It would be easy and understandable for us to fall into that. We can fall into that deep, terrifying darkness when we doubt, when we struggle, when we recognize our own inadequacies and insufficiencies. We see something similar in the gospel. Peter, James, and John go up the mountain with Jesus, and so fatigued are they that they fall into sleep when Jesus is desiring to share something with them. But here's the beauty of perseverance in the faith, of trusting in the Lord, and of going even when we are in that dark, terrifying darkness, even when we are exhausted, even when we are struggling and have doubts and fatigue. It is precisely in those moments where God truly shows us who He is. Yes, He has made this promise to Abram, but in the midst of that deep, terrifying darkness, God comes to him, brings His light, and makes covenant with him. And the children of Abraham are almost countless. When you think of all the Christians, Jews and Muslims, children of Abraham, you recognize the gratuity of God's love and the power of that gift to him in that darkness. Even in the midst of it, Abram stayed faithful, he stayed close, and the Lord blessed him abundantly. On Tabor, we see Peter, James, and John asleep. And in that moment of darkness, God shines the full radiance of his face upon them. He reveals his glory to them insofar as their earthly human eyes are able to bear it. God shows them, Jesus shows them 
the light, the glory that is to come. Not when they are having this joyful experience, but in this drowsy moment. God desires to do the same thing for you and for me. To come to us in these first weeks of Lent, to come to us in those moments of doubt and difficulty, to come to us when our world is seemingly on the brink of war, to come to us when we are struggling with our faith, when we are reconciling and coming to grips with our own sinfulness, when we are grieving loss and we are struggling to make sense of anything, maybe we are struggling at work, maybe our family is having difficult moments. God comes to us at these moments and He desires to transform us. St. Paul said in that letter to the Philippians that he will change our lowly bodies to conform with his glorified body. In other words, Jesus on Tabor, the transfigured Lord, is our destiny. God comes to us and transforms us so that we can be participants in that glory. Not in some sort of distant way, but to be transformed so as to become one with Christ and fully participate with it. We can participate it in a way here on earth, but he calls us to full participation in heaven. And the transformation we undergo here in our lives now is a foreshadowing and a foretaste of the glory to come in heaven. But we need to remain persistent We need to persevere. We need to give our assent in faith to God. Abram gives that assent. Peter, James, and John go up the mountain. Where do we need to keep going in our faith so that God can transform us? So that God can continue to bless us and bless us infinitely? Where are those areas in our life where we are shackled? Maybe our stomachs are not our gods, but maybe it's the TV news that we consume. Maybe it's our phone or social media. Maybe it's something in the world. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's possessions. Maybe it's money. That might be our God, and if we desire to be freed of that, persevere in faith. Keep going in your Lenten practices, but open your heart intentionally more and more to the grace and blessings and transformation of Jesus. On Tabor, Jesus shows Peter, James, and John his glorified face. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's powerful. Do you realize every time you come to Mass that God gives you infinitely more? He gives you everything. At Tabor, they get a glimpse. In the Eucharist, we receive everything. God desires that transformation for us. He makes it present for us. He offers it to us. Do you realize every time you are enveloped in that dark, terrifying darkness of sin, when you are afraid and broken and desiring to be healed but not knowing where to go, when you come to the God broken and in a terrifying darkness in sin in the sacrament of penance, you are freed and transformed. You are made into that new child of God that you were in baptism. That white garment of baptism that every one of us wears in baptism is a response to that whiteness, the refulgence, the radiance of God on Tabor. Ours is just as beautiful and powerful. Our souls, when they are freed from sin in confession. But we need to keep going. 
Don't let the struggles, don't let the difficulties, don't let those things with which you fight every day keep you from giving your heart to the Lord. Because it's easy for those things. It's easy for the devil to sneak in there and say, you're not worth it because you do X. You aren't a good Christian because you think or feel Y. It is precisely for that that God came into this world so as to transform us. Because we are unrepeatable. We are unique manifestations of God's love for us and for the world. And the world needs us. And it needs all of us. But it needs all of us not only just to bring ourselves, but to open our hearts to that transformation that comes from Jesus. And during Lent, we have that opportunity to take on special practices. But those special practices should open our hearts more to the grace that we receive in the Eucharist and in confession. To be totally transformed, not in some sort of obscure way, but by the reality of the power of grace given to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, given us in the mercy of God in confession. We all climb the mountain. We all fall asleep when we are exhausted and tired and have doubts and difficulties. It is precisely for this and in this moment that God comes to us and says, here I am, here is who I desire you to be. Keep following after me. Because the blessings of Abraham are countless, the blessings of the apostles are infinite in so far as they share in the total glory of God in heaven. I offer that to you, Jesus says to us today. I offer you that face, I offer you that reality. Come to me, be changed, so that when we go down from this mountain of Lent, we go to the world as changed people to change the world and to help each and every person in our life come to know and to love God more intimately and powerfully.